we are and, and who we get to be is that I think for all of us, we have such uh, differences, right, with each other and differences with the people that surround us. But God has given us his spirit to move in the capacity that he finds us. So wherever you're going to be after tonight, know that God is using you. I know sometimes we can come into his presence and we're, we're thinking of all the things we may have done that, you know, is not pleasing to God. Yet at the same time, he did something so that we could be an instrument to be used for him. And every single one of us is an instrument to be used by God. So don't, don't think of yourself as, man, I did so many bad things. God can't use me. If God can use, look at all the people throughout the Bible that he used. He can use all of us, and he is. We get to pray over our tithes and offerings, and even for those of you who are joining us online. Now, before we do that, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, what's happening on Oahu. It is a young adults retreat. It's happening this weekend. And so if some of you, you know, maybe you were thinking about this, this young adult retreat is happening this Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. I think take time for young adults to capture some things. So it's going to be a four-day weekend. But it's hosted by various churches on Oahu. And so if you're interested in it, I think they're going to put up a, I don't know if the QR code is, oh, oh yeah, up there, you can catch that. Or after service, we'll put it up too, if we can remember to put that up. And then you can take a, um, or do whatever you do with the QR code. You know what to do. And that will get you to uh, register. You just got to find your way to the campsite. It's on the North Shore uh, of Oahu. It's called Camp Homelani. Now, I know here on the Big Island, Homelani is the cemetery. But it's, it's named the same thing on, on um, Oahu. It, it, it is what it is. But uh, if anything, he's going to bring us who are dead to life at Camp Homelani on Oahu. And it's called fearless because sometimes as we grow through those young adult years, there's so many fears. We face so many fears. The unknown, the fears of am I going to do well. So many fears of, of being alone. Am I going to uh, just be by myself? Or you just feel lonely. Or you feel like, well, I don't know what to do. Or you feel like, I'm going to be successful, and you know exactly what you're going to do, yet your relationship with God is one of those relationships that you're like, I don't know where I am with the Lord. And maybe this four-day weekend will help solidify that. So if you're interested, take that QR code, and then you can follow the instructions on that. We're going to pray over our tithes and offerings, and as we do so, I just want to personally say thank you for your heart and dedication to all that the Lord is doing because so many great things are happening uh, throughout this church and beyond. So let's pray. Lord God, thank you for giving us this opportunity that we get to give to you. And the wonderful thing about this is we're not just giving to like charity, although great, we're, we're putting this into your hands. And what that means is when we give to you, we pray over these tithes and offerings so that it would be used for your kingdom so that many people will come to know you as Lord and Savior. So we trust you with it. We ask for your guidance as we give. Bless the givers, even for those who are learning about what it means to give, that we would put our trust in you, even when things look like it's falling apart. You never do. You're the same God, and you will always provide. So we thank you. It's in your name that we pray, and we all sit together. Amen. These are the four ways to give. If you're here personally, you can give in the tithe boxes in the back. Pastor Ben is going to be sharing the word tonight. Let's welcome Pastor hey, Ben. Thank you, Pastor Sheldon. Actually, Pastor Sheldon, you actually don't have to go that far because I'm going to call you up right now. Well, yeah, you can stay right there. Uh, good evening, everybody. Welcome to New Hope Church. We're so glad you're joining us live as well as online. 
Uh, tonight, it's, uh, we're going to talk about being. And I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I remember playing this game called Charades. So I figured, before we start the message, let's have some fun tonight. Is that cool? Is that good? So I have one contestant up here, <laughs> Pastor Sheldon. And I'm going to call my other friend, Maya, to come up. And so, uh, are on the same team, or is this... No, you guys are against each other. You guys oh. are opponents. <laughs> you guys are playing against each other, okay? Yeah, so, yeah, you can come on this have side. Fun. Have fun. You see? Yeah, I'm just testing. Well, yeah. I'm testing. It's competitive. I had to choose the two most competitive guys I've known to play this game. And so, uh, so pretty much, we're going to play charades where you have to act it out. Okay? You're going to act it out. So I'm going to give you uh, a thing to act out, or a person, and you're going to act it out. And audience, con con uh, congregation, you're going to try and guess what they're acting out, who they're acting out as. And even for those of you online, you guys can go ahead and type in your guesses of who you think they're trying to be. Uh, no, you cannot use any words. You can just act. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you can use any words. You'll know you. You'll know you win. You'll know you win. So the rules are: you cannot use any words. You have to act it out. Okay. You'll know if you win if I hear somebody say or if you hear somebody say the word. Okay. No, anybody. This is, there's no, you, you guys are playing off each other to see who can act it out the best. Oh, my goodness. Elementary students do you know can do this. Huh? Anyway, go, go, go. Yeah, so, I'm, you go first. so because of that, I'm going to choose Maya to go first. Oh, I thought we were going same time. Sorry. No, 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 no. Sorry, sorry, so sorry. Maya's going to go first, okay, okay, then you. Pastor Sheldon. Okay, so, so just for clarification, only male right now is going to go. If you guys see Pastor Sheldon acting weird, that's just him acting weird. Okay? All right. Okay, you ready? Okay. All right, you guys ready? Uh, as soon as they say go, you start acting out and, audit and congregation, you guys let us know what you guys think. And even online, put it in the chat of what you think male is acting out right now. Go! Spider-Man, wow! Not even two seconds. Spider-Man, all right. <laughs> okay, here we go. This is, this is Pastor Sheldon's thing, okay? So that was like two seconds, male. You got like two seconds. Yeah. Okay, Pastor Sheldon's actually playing now, so... When I say go, you can start, okay? And go! Oh! Oh! Alright, alright. So yeah, so, 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 for the first round, Mayo was acting out Spider-Man. For the second round, Pastor Sheldon was acting out the Hulk. Okay, now, like I did say, this is... The one, this, this round, you guys are both going to act out the same thing, all right? You ready? Wait, so this is my, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. So this half, you guys are Pastor Sheldon. Okay, hey. Blessings. <laughs> you guys are males. Blessings on this side, too. Okay, ready? Okay, so, so come here. Wait, I didn't give you the word yet. 
Okay, here we go. You ready? <laughs> okay, you ready? You got the word. I give you five seconds to hurt to think about it. Five, four, three, two, one, go! Nobody said it yet. Yes, he got it. Oh! Jeff! Jeff got it! How dare you! So, so. What did you do to make Jeff say a Christian? I did a cross and then pointed at myself. Ooh. It took me a while to get there. <laughs> See? It took me a while. Man needed that five seconds yeah. to figure out what he was going to do. All right. Can you give a round of applause to Pastor Sheldon? Wait, wait, who um, Jesus. Jesus won already because he's victorious. Unlike charades. Now, uh, you know, it's easy when it was Spider-Man and when it was the Hulk for Pastor Sheldon and for Mayo to act out those people. But when it came to a Christian, not so easy. And you know, the reality is it's easy for us to act a certain way in areas of our lives. But when it comes to our faith in the Lord, Jesus isn't looking for a performance. He's not looking for an act. See, Jesus desires authenticity and genuineness. That's the difference between religion and Jesus. Religion says do, act. But Jesus says be. So tonight, we're going to discover what it means to, not like how Nike says just do it, but how Jesus says to just be all for him. And we're going to take a look at a disciple that walked with Jesus, talked to Jesus. In fact, this is a disciple that Jesus said he would build his church on. His name is Peter. And I love Peter's story because it, it starts off in a very interesting way. And you can read it in Luke 5, verses 1 to 11. If you have your app, you can follow along. We have the notes in there, the, the scriptures along in there. If not, it's on the screen. But it says this, One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, who was also Peter, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. And so they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. 
for he and his for he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. See, I love the story of, of Peter because Peter is a fisherman. That's all he knows. That's probably what he learned from his, his, his father. That was his means of, of employment, of income. But as you can tell by that one story, uh, Peter wasn't really that good because he stayed out all night and didn't catch anything. And then there's this man named Jesus and first of all, Jesus gets into one of the boats. And I don't know about you, but I would probably be like, hey, who's this guy getting in my boat? Not only that, he's talking to the people. Oh, now he's, he's done talking to people. Now he's telling me to go out, to the, go out into the deep water where I just spent the whole night trying to fish and tells me I'm going to catch fish. But there's something about this guy. So you know, if he tells me to lower the nets in the water, I'll do it. And what happens? So much fish appear that he has to call his partners to help him out so much that both boats begin to sink. And then he realizes something, that this is no ordinary man that's in his boat. He realizes that this is the one everybody's been talking about. So he calls him Lord. He actually tells him, get away from me. Probably because Simon Peter's thinking, I'm not worthy of who you are. And yet, Jesus says, don't be afraid. See, Jesus just wants us to be it. And the first thing is this. The first thing that he invites us to do is to be with him, to be with Jesus. See, Jesus wants to be with us. And here's the amazing part. Whatever our situation, he steps into the boat with us. Whatever our shortcomings and our failures, Jesus still believes in us. Whatever our sins and shame may be, he sees us for more than all of that. Because I want to be honest with you. If you know a fisherman who went fishing all night and that was their profession, they're not smelling that great in the morning. Like, but Jesus still steps into, Jesus still believes and Jesus still sees more potential. Jesus wants to be with us. That's the heart of God and that's the beauty of the gospel. That's the message of the gospel. But here's the thing, just because Jesus wants us, or just because Jesus wants to be with us, it doesn't mean that we're always willing to be with him. Sometimes we'll choose to hold on to our situation. Sometimes all we'll see is our shortcomings and our failures. And sometimes we'll let our sins and our shame hold us back from fully entering into this relationship with Jesus. And so what do we do? We put on an act. 
Because it's easier to put on an act. It's easier to put on a show. It's easier to put on a performance to try and please Jesus, to look good for Jesus, rather than to just be with Jesus. I remember uh, I had just graduated high school. I was a young adult. I was like 18, 19 years old. And I was driving around in a 1998 Chevy Malibu. Wasn't that really good looking, okay? Like, it was like, it was like, uh, it was a Chevy Malibu. It wasn't like the coolest. All my, all my friends had all the Hondas and imports and all that. They were doing street racing. And here I come rolling up in my 1998 Chevy Malibu. Now, I wanted to be cool in high school because I was like, man, that 1998 <laughs> Chevy Malibu is not that great looking. So what did I do? I threw stickers all over my car, all decals, like the turtle and Hawaiian flag and all this stuff. And then I realized something. I put all those decals on my car and made it look even worse. So I thought, you know what? I got an idea. I got an idea. You know what? My car is so hideous. I need something to make it look good. So I remember one day I was down at Walmart. And I saw, hey, I get the spinner hub caps. I can show it out of my car. My 1998 Chevy Malibu filled with stickers. I bought silver hubcaps, spinner hubcaps. And so I put them on my car. I was rolling. I was like, yeah, cruising downtown. Yeah, cruising all around town. Yeah, with my spinner hubcaps that I bought at Walmart. And I thought it looked good. I come to church, rolling up. Oh, look at my spinner hubcaps. My friend guy's going, why? Because I want my car to look good. Like, you think that looks good? And I was like, it was all great. It was all beautiful until one day, all the grime got in, stuck into one of the spinner hubcaps and it stopped spinning. So now I had three spinner hubcaps and one stuck hubcap. <laughs> and then eventually my friend told me, um, Ben, your car would look so much better if you just took it off. Like just take it off and just know because it looks like your car has a black eye. Because everything, oh, hey, moving, moving, moving. Hey, this one. You know, and it's like, right, you got to get rid of it. And so I did. I got rid of it because I realized something. Spinner caps and stickers does not make your car look any better. Just throwing it out there, young people. Don't make mistakes like me. But the thing is, a lot of times we'll, we'll try and do that with us. We'll think, hey, you know what? If I don't want people to see the, the mess I'm in, so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to... I'm going to try to look good. I'm going to try and look okay. I'm going to try and put on a show. Blessings, blessings to you. Amen. Jesus, hallelujah. Yes. And inside, though, you're a mess. Inside, you're like, there's no way Jesus would even want me. But he does. He wants to be with you. In fact, this is what he says to the Pharisees, to the religious leaders. He says in Matthew 23, 27, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. And you know what I think he'd say to us right now? He'd say, listen, I can see that you're whitewashed but I love you enough to say, I want you. I want to be with you so that you're not just whitewashed tombs, that I can fill you, that I can be, by being with you, I can do something in your life. Jesus isn't concerned with our performance. He's far more concerned as us 
as a person. He's already stepped into the boat with us. It's not about how we act, but how we react. See, I love it when it says in Luke 5, verses 8 to 11, when Simon Peter saw this, when he sees the miracle that Jesus does and realizes who Jesus is, he, fell, he falls at Jesus' knees and says, go away from me, for I am a, a sinful man. It's like he's saying, I know you want to be with me. You stepped in the boat with me, but get away from me. And then Jesus says, don't be afraid. In other words, Jesus is saying, listen, I want to be with you. Your situation, I'm not afraid of that. You shouldn't be either. Your circumstance, that doesn't make me afraid. That, and so it shouldn't make you afraid either. Your shortcomings, your failures, don't be afraid of, of thinking that because of all that, you can't be with me. I want to be with you. Yeah, your sins, your shame, yeah, I see them. But I still want to be with you. See, Peter thought all he ever could be was that sinful man. But Jesus shows Peter that he is defined by who is with him. You are defined by who is with you. That's what Jesus is saying to you right now, to all of us. And when we allow ourselves to be with Jesus, we're reminded of who he defines us as. That we are loved by God our Father because we're his kids. This past Sunday, uh, for those of you who didn't know, I had a broken hand for almost six months. And so I really couldn't do anything. I had to slowly heal up and go to a PT. And so on Sunday, I got the very first opportunity in over, well, even more than six months uh, because of everything that was going on. But uh, a couple of my friends are going to go play basketball. And so I was like, I want to go play basketball. I want to try, try my hand, see how it goes. And, and so we went to go play basketball at Pontevo Park. And my oldest daughter, Caitlin, who's nine, as we get to the park, she says, hey, Dad, what are you going to do? And I say, well, I'm, I'm going to go play basketball. And she looks at me, she says, can I go with you? Now, if you know, I have to tell you something about my daughter, Caitlin. She's, she's clumsy. She cannot catch one ball if her life depended on it. I've seen her run. I've seen her run. And every time I see her run, I go, why are you running like that? Your legs are not supposed to go like this. You're supposed to run like this. And that's bad, because look at your father. Does he look like he runs a lot? No. But I know you don't run like this. And so my daughter, Caitlin, I've seen her in the past. She runs and all those. And I'm like, but she says, Dad, I want to play basketball with you. And I'm like, okay, okay. I'm thinking to myself, this is going to be funny. Like, this is, I got to bring out my phone, America's Funniest Home Videos. Here we go. And so we get there, and we see our friends playing basketball. And my friends, when they play basketball, because of who they are, they're not playing for fun. They're playing competitive. Nobody win anything, but it's bragging rights. They want to be, they play very competitive. And so me, I'm the kind of guy that goes, I just want to play to have fun. And so we're watching them play, and they're getting at it. And I look at my daughter, Caitlin, I can see fear in her eyes. Because she's like, first of all, there's no other kids playing. And second, like, Uncle guys are pushing each other like, uh, I, I don't even know if I can run. I look at her, well, well you want to play? And she looks at me, she's like, 
Can I go back to mommy? They're, going, they're playing on the playground. So I told her, just watch. Let's just, let's just watch. And so I'm, I'm just holding her and watching her and telling her, hey, see how uncle goes out there and play, you know, and all this and that. So finally the game, their, their game ends and, and so I'm like, okay, I want to jump in. And I look at Caitlin she's like, I, 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 don't wanna, I don't know if I should play. And I was like, Caitlin, you got to play because if you don't play, it's going to be uneven, then all this and that. So I'm basically guilt tripping my child to play basketball so I can go play. Okay? And so she starts playing and because there's such an amazing group of guys that I, that I surround myself with, especially playing basketball, they start helping her with learning how to play basketball. And then she starts playing. And can I be honest with you? I was so proud of my daughter. I mean, I capped her. I mean, I, I still blocked her shot. <laughs> but, and I scored on her like three points, but I was so proud of my daughter. And at the end of the game, you guys think I'm joking, I'm not. <laughs> but at the end of the game, I just hugged her and I told her, Caitlin, daddy is just so proud of you because you played. And the best words I could ever hear come out of her mouth was, Dad, the next time you go play basketball, can I come? See, I, I think sometimes we got to remember that our, our, our God, our dad, wants to be with us. Yeah, you might not know how to play basketball. Yeah, you might run really weird. Yeah, I might cap you here and there, but it's okay. Because God wants to be with us. Jesus is the example of that. That Jesus wants to be with us. We got to be willing to be with him. In 1 Peter 2.9, it says this, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I love that, that Jesus is saying you are his chosen people. If you don't believe me, look who wrote that. Peter. Jesus wants us to just be, with, be it by allowing us to be with him. The second thing is this, to be more like Jesus. Be more like Jesus. John 3.30, many of us, we know this scripture, it says, he must become greater, I must become less. You see, why, why it's so important for us to understand that we got to be with Jesus because that's the only way we can be more like Jesus. When we focus on being with Jesus, he positions us to not just be closer to him, but to fully experience who he is in such a way that it brings change into our lives. See, rather than our relationship with Jesus be something that we just portray or put on display, it becomes evident in the way that Jesus starts to transform us from the inside out. Now, speaking of basketball, there was a commercial that came out when I was a kid, and I actually watched it today just to remember, because I was like, I know what it was like. And it, it, it showed my favorite basketball player. I think he's the... We're going we're gonna to start a, on the side subject. We're going to have a real quick discussion of who's the greatest basketball player of all time. Keep your answers to yourself, please. <laughs> but, but, we're gonna, but, but, but I remember growing up, for me, the greatest basketball player of all time, even to this day, for me, is Michael Jordan. Because growing up, Michael Jordan was just, I mean, it was crazy. And the best thing about it is I remember this commercial that came out for Gatorade, and it was called Be Like Mike. 
And it would just show, it showed kids uh, uh, watching him play. And the best part about it was you would watch that commercial and everybody in that commercial is, is trying to act like Michael Jordan. So they showed clips of people trying to dunk like Michael Jordan, sticking out their tongue, ah, you know? And I remember being a kid doing that, trying to dunk. Trying to dunk on six foot rims. Sorry, I had to finish. <laughs> Sorry. You know, and, and trying, to, trying to play like Michael Jordan, trying to do the, you know? That's actually how fast I move when I play basketball, see? So I was like, yeah, look, I'm trying to be like Mike. And I just remember uh, trying to be like Michael Jordan. I love Space Jam. I love watching. When he retired, I was sad. When he came back, I was happy. When he, un when he retired again, I was sad. And then when he came back to play for the Wizards, I was like, why? <laughs> but I remember wanting to be like Mike. And what's so interesting is right now and today, in the, in, especially in the sports world, there's a that's the discussion around is, Who's the greatest of all time in basketball? People say it's Michael Jordan. People say it's LeBron James. People say it's other people. But there was an interview that I watched with Michael Jordan, and he was asked the very question, who do you think is the greatest basketball player? And Michael Jordan said himself, of course. But that he did recognize one other person. And you might know this name. He said, there's another, there's another basketball player that I thought is the closest to me, and his name is Kobe Bryant. And there's a reason why he said Kobe was the closest thing to him. It's because he said Kobe would watch how Michael Jordan played. And it's crazy. If you go, if you go and you look for it, you can actually find footage of Michael Jordan playing basketball and Kobe Bryant doing the exact same thing. Why? Because in an interview, Kobe Bryant said he wanted to be like Michael Jordan. You see, when we're being with Jesus, we can become more like Jesus. Matthew 16, 13 to 18 says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he said, he asked his disciples, who do you people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, well, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being, now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. See, what I love about this is up to this point, Peter has witnessed Jesus do miracle upon miracle. I mean, he saw Jesus bring healing and resurrection. He was there when Jesus told him to feed the thousands of people with little to no food. Peter actually stepped out on the waters only to start to sink. And these wouldn't be the only times that Peter would fail. See, he would try and stop Jesus from going to the cross, which Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. And he would deny Jesus three times, even after being told that he would do that. But the amazing thing is that 
through the good moments and even in the not so good moments, Jesus was bringing a transformation in Peter's life. See, Jesus already knew everything about Peter, the call to follow, the miracles that he would witness, the times of little faith, the moments of wonder, and even the denial. But none of that changed Jesus' promise of who Peter would be. And it doesn't change his promise of who we can also be. See, Jesus calls us to be more like him, even with our flaws, even with our struggles, even through the stumbles, with our inward surrender to him that affects our outward actions. That as we continuously submit to him as our Lord, our story becomes a part of his greater story, a life transformed. That's the beauty of the testimony how Jesus has changed our lives, not because of our actions, but because of who he is and who he calls us to be. I remember a couple months ago, I was scrolling on Instagram and just checking out all my, all my friends' posts, and, and I follow a lot of other churches, especially in our, in our district, and I was, I was following, 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 and I saw this, this other youth ministry, uh, and, they had po- and they, they had posted a video of one of their youth leaders, and as I'm scrolling, I look and I go, hey, I know that guy. He's my classmate. He's not even on this island anymore. He's in Oahu. And I'm like, what is this all about? I wonder what, he, what, what is this? And so he starts, and he's actually giving like a short message on Instagram. And I'm like, no way this guy goes to church, let alone on church leader. I remember we used to go to parties back in high school. I remember all this stuff. And so I messaged him. I was like, bro, are you a, are you a youth leader at this church? And he's like, yeah, like, yeah, hey, yeah. And then he said this, bro, I saw you on Instagram too. You're a pastor? <laughs> well, you got to say it like that for, you know what I mean? <laughs> but it was so funny. He was actually one of my really good friends. And uh, we were talking, we were just messaged each other, messaged each other. And it was so great because I was like, man, it's like for me, it's such a joy when I see friends of mine knowing that they know Jesus. I don't know about you, but that's how I am. And to see that he's serving in his ministry, he's, he's doing all these great things. He's married. I know his wife, his wife is also a classmate of ours. And I just was like, I just was blown away. And then I thought about what he said, like, hey, you're a pastor. And I realized, you know what? People probably think that about me. Like, Ben, you and pastor. Huh? And I remember, I realized this. It's not about being a pastor. It's not about being a church leader. It's about being more like Jesus. That's what it comes down to. That's what he wants. He wants us to be more like him. See, I love it because Peter was just an ordinary guy that witnessed the extraordinary love and identity of who Christ is. In fact, in Acts 4.13, it says this. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. I love that. Because I don't know about you, but can I be honest with you? There's a lot of times where I feel like I should not be a pastor. 
And Jesus always reminds you, it's not, about being, it's not about being a pastor. It's about, are you willing to be more like me? That's the same for all of us. We don't got to be schooled. We don't got to go to seminary. All we need is to be with Jesus so that we can be more like Jesus. And the last thing is this. When we be with, when we be with Jesus, when we be more like Jesus, we can be a light for Jesus. Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You see, when we focus on being with Jesus, we can become more like Jesus and from that become a light for Jesus. And being a light for Jesus may be displayed through our actions, but it is a, it is a result of who we are in Jesus. And so when we spend time with Jesus, through his word, in prayer, and in our church community, we discover how to be genuine lights for Jesus in this darkened world. You see, it's through our relationship with Jesus that we can shine his light into the lives of others. There's a store downtown that I like to frequent, and if you know me, you know exactly which store this is. But I like to frequent the store. I like to walk around. I like to check it out. And I just remember... Uh, one time, me and Katie were in this store, and we started talking to one of the employees. And then they kind of told us what they were going through. And something right there, right there at that moment said, hey, listen, I know this isn't church. You don't even know if anybody else in here is going to mind this. But you should probably pray for this person right here because of what they're going through. And so right there in the middle of the store with customers walking around with the other employees, me and Katie just prayed. And I wasn't hiding it. I was just praying. And as soon as I said amen, the hug that I got reminded me something. That there's a light. If, if, I'm, if you know Jesus, there's a light in you. A light that needs to be shined. And it can't be, just be shined when we're here, it has to be shined when we're out there. See, when, I'm with, when we spend time with Jesus, when we become more like Jesus, then we want to be able to share Jesus wherever we go. And that's what happens. That's what he wants. See, it doesn't take a lot of doing to be a light for Jesus. It just takes being. I think many times we try to do so much that it becomes our undoing. That we can try and do good deeds, but without a genuine faith in Jesus, the Bible says it's dead. It doesn't matter where we have succeeded and failed in faith, hope, and even life. You see, Peter discovered for us that all that matters is the choice to be with Jesus so that we can become more like Jesus so that we can be a light for Jesus. In John 21, 15 to 17, this is what takes place after Jesus is resurrected and after he spent some time with the disciples. It says, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. 
Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Can you read this part with me, these, these last five words with me? And go. Jesus said, feed my sheep. It doesn't take a lot of doing. All it takes is for us to be. You know, I don't know if you can tell, but I love food. And there's one food that I love the most. It's a beautiful creation. It's something called cowbee. And I want to show you a picture of that real quick. Just in case if you've never seen what cowbee is. This is what cowbee is. It is short ribs, beef short ribs. And I love cowbee. In fact, I might go look for cowbee later on after tonight. <clears throat> but let me explain to you how they make cowbee. See, what happens is they take the beef short ribs. Now, beef short ribs already on its own is good. You can just throw it on the grill, throw some salt and pepper, polehu ribs. Or you can, but what I like is when they take the, the beef short ribs and they put it in the, the marinade with shoyu, sugar, ginger, garlic. And what they do is they put, the, they put the beef short ribs in and they let it marinate. And after, so, after a while, after it marinates, you got to make sure it marinates well because if it doesn't, you, you're going to have not as much flavor. You want that meat to really have that flavor of the marinade. And then after that, it's the fun part. You throw them on the grill. Now I'm going to be honest, I like mine a little bit uh, more cooked. I like them crispy. So you crisp it up on the grill. And then it's actually my real favorite time. It's you eat. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about Kalbi and I, was re I realized something. It's kind of like what Jesus is saying about us. See, he wants us, the beef short rib, to be with him. So we got to be marinated. Soaking up that shoyu and the sugar and the garlic and the ginger. And then what happens is that beef short ribs is no longer that beef short ribs that you bought from the store. It's now different. It has all that flavor from the marinade. And then you take it and it's, it's kalbi. You throw them on the grill. Cook it up. Then you make it, it's cooked, and now what? People can enjoy it. See, Jesus wants us to be with him so that we can be more like him, so that we can be a light into this world. Jesus is calling us to be Kalbi because I'm telling you right now, the world is hungry. If you're hungry right now, the world is even more hungry. Hungry for hope, hungry for peace hungry for faith, hungry for joy, hungry for love. It's not going to take doing. It's going to take being. So don't just do it. Just be it. Amen.
Jabari has me as we pray. Lord, we come before you tonight, Lord, and that's our prayer, Lord. That, Lord, help us to not be so focused on trying to perform, trying to put on a show, or try to act out our faith. But rather, Lord, to just be it. Lord, help us to be with you. That, Lord, there's times where you're with us in the boat, but we're actually saying we, we don't, we, we're not worthy. We shouldn't be in the boat with you. And yet you say to us, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of your situation, your circumstances. Don't be afraid of your, uh, your sins and your shame. Don't be afraid of your shortcomings and failures. Don't be afraid. And it's, Lord, it's when we be with you, Lord, that as we allow you to add your flavor into our lives, that we become more like you. And Lord, even when we make mistakes along the way, you use every moment for good because you are good. And as we become more like you, Lord, you allow us to be a light into the world for you. So Lord, help us to shine. Help us to be the cowbie to this hungry world that they would know you because of who you are in us. We love you, Lord. We thank you, and we look forward to what you're going to continue to do. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all said, amen.